Hello everybody, the FPL Report Card series is back. This time, FPL Teacher here brings you the review of the least popular team, Bournemouth, from game weeks 17 to 28 as we look at their transitions through different formations trying to get their mainstays back from injury while at the same time integrating several key players that they signed during the January transfer window. Bournemouth. Starting with the attack, we look at the overarching theme over the last 12 game weeks that revolves around the decisions made on their wingers. The glory days of having their central midfielders playing on the flanks were epitomised with the 3-0 comprehensive win over Everton just before the World Cup started. This was when Tavernier was on the right side, Christie was on the left, and Billing as well as Solanke could play through the centre. However, all three players were injured across the World Cup period and they took their time to really come back off the medical bench. Over the course of the last 12 game weeks, eventually the likes of Solanke and Billing did come back from injury, plugging holes all over the pitch. But the one game where all three players started only lasted 57 minutes as they beat Wolves 1-0. Rather, de rather deservedly, of course. But the fact of the matter is that they had by then transitioned into a side that heavily relied on direct play on the flanks instead of going through the centre. The first set of heroes that emerged from the flanks were Siriki Dembele on the left and Jaden Anthony on the right. As they utilized their chemistry with their fullbacks, the left shone particularly brighter because of the presence of Jordan Zamora, who could offer yet another injection of pace through his acceleration and his dribbling. However, after the January transfer window ended, Bournemouth made yet another shrewd signing in the form of Dango Watara. That balance of play somehow managed to allow Oatara to operate on the right side on his own as he was a right winger not just blessed with pace but also with aerial heading ability as well, coming up with results against the likes of Nottingham Forest and Newcastle. So with the left secured with chemistry and the right independently working with Watara alone, they grounded out some key results, at least to deliver some points, but their weakness really was their failure to turn momentum into points. Now, their flank play obviously had key beneficiaries because the wingers themselves did not score too many goals. Watara had that fine assist against Liverpool, but that was pretty much all the goal involvements they had, at least consistently. So, as usual, we go back to their attacking midfield as well as the striker's position, where Kiefer Moore didn't do too much as Bournemouth had a succession of results that underwhelmed in 2023. However, after the January transfer window, we saw Billing first and foremost return to central midfield with Hamid Traore ahead of him. Now, those still only delivered sparingly good results again with a couple of draws against Newcastle and Forest mentioned earlier but really it was after Solanke came back where Billing and Solanke once again created that front dual system while Gary O'Neill backed them up either playing them as a 4-4-2 or once in a while a 5-3-2 that successfully stifled Liverpool. 
The latest setup Gary O'Neill has for the side basically involves the former, as their 4411 has Billing and Solanke operating up top, while in central midfield Jefferson Lerma, having struggled to find an attacking midfield partner all season, did have spells with Billing in central midfield, but finally found yet another st stable partner in the form of Joe Rothwell. Now, for FPL purposes, we have to understand that Bournemouth, despite having the more convincing performances at home, especially mentioned in those two draws earlier, did only record their solitary win this year away from home. The irony here is that Fulham's double game week in the immediate term has two home game weeks against Fulham and Brighton. So really, we are trying to look for players who will rack up yet another set of decent performances to make the difference in rather cagey games, particularly when playing at home. So let's get the obvious out of the way. I'm pretty sure any FPL manager that has done their homework would notice that at home, Dango Oatara has registered an assist against Nottingham Forest, a goal against Newcastle, and yet another assist against Liverpool. So direct play, a burst of pace that comes out from a KG game between sides struggling at home, would almost suddenly favour the winger that has the most all-rounded ability. However, the mainstream will almost certainly tout yet another familiar name that has relatively good form whether home or away. Philip Billing, who scored the winner against Liverpool, also had encouraging performances against Arsenal, however playing away from home. So the question comes down to whether you perceive Bournemouth as a side that depends on home and away results, or do you feel that they will persist with this current system moving forward? Bournemouth at the moment struggle to dominate teams, particularly in the same region as them. As the result so far, unfortunately, we have a very small sample of due to the fact that they've played teams mostly better than them. In fact, the only match that we've had, the most recent one really, was that Wolves game that they won, which was also played away from home. So we will have to look really, really far back to game week 21 where they actually had a home game against a side within the same playing level as them. So really, to sum it up, for FPL purposes, you are looking at Watara or Philip Billing, depending on whether you believe in fixtures, which famous Watara, or form, which benefits Billing. Now let's talk about Bournemouth's FPL potential by targeting their defence rather than investing into their attack. As after the double game week in 29, they faced Leicester, Spurs, Southampton, Palace and Everton all the way from home, which provides us with valuable differential gems, especially with the game week 34 round the corner with their doubles as well. Bournemouth have two consistent flaws that we can potentially take advantage of. Firstly, their set pieces, which continue to show itself, particularly against teams around the same level as them, as they showed it initially just after the World Cup, solidified it with a more defensive formations against the big sides, and then yet again exposed themselves, particularly in the 3-0 loss against Aston Villa last game week. It's not that they lose in terms of their aerial duels, it's more of the fact that they react slow to the likes of short corners as well as flick-ons by the near post and 
Their structure basically becomes loose after that as they are designed to prioritize man marking over structural positioning. The unfortunate thing here is that none of their upcoming opponents do have an established center backs designed to put in their post flick-ons other than Everton who face off against them in the relegation 6-pointer in game week 38 so we still have to prioritize the corner kick kickers such as Madison from Leicester as well as Ben Chilwell from Chelsea maybe JWP if you're in for a cheeky punt in game week 33 as anyone on the wildcard should have these players already anyway. The more interesting players lie in between the lines for Bournemouth as their latest formations, particularly their 4-4-1-1, continue to leave a lot of space between their back four and their midfield four. The most recent examples of players taking advantage of this space are Aston Villa's Buendia and Man City's Alvarez, who released wingers after they received the ball between the lines. However, Bournemouth's other weakness would be that when they compress themselves into two narrow banks of four, players that operate wide of the formation would also benefit. Arsenal demonstrated this when the likes of Ben White and Reese Nelson all put in crosses from outside this, these two banks of four to take advantage. So in the immediate term, when you are looking for players who will play in between the lines of Bournemouth, you can immediately spot Alexis McAllister if you're on a wildcard now or if you're looking for a decent free transfer in as a differential should almost certainly deliver against Bournemouth while Fulham unfortunately do not operate with number 10. If we were to look further ahead we can almost foresee Madison taking a similar advantage while the likes of Son Heung-min and Harry Kane will operate between the lines as well. The unfortunate thing here is that the sides that face Bournemouth after that do not operate with a conventional number 10. The likes of West Ham, Southampton and Leeds all rely on system-based strategies instead of player-based ones. So you are looking perhaps more at an Eberé Eze or a Joao Felix, particularly after your game week 34 double game week as the puns really rely on these single game week fixtures that rely on number 10s to punish Bournemouth instead. A point of note to this analysis was that the strategy that takes advantage of Bournemouth's narrow formation unfortunately isn't taken heavily into account here simply because it only occurred once against Arsenal as, they, as Liverpool's wide options didn't exactly expose their weakness here. So this is something potentially that we should put a caveat on moving forward and instead prioritise the weaknesses that they've shown more consistently. This report card is slightly longer than usual, understandably, as we are covering more game weeks, but really the story of Bournemouth's season has shaped about over only essentially the last two game weeks. Their latest formation came about as they reacted to Liverpool's formations and they kept it against Villa, unfortunately falling flat. So the they do have a key decision to make as their upcoming opponents are a mixed bag and if we see their 4 4 one, one we already know who to invest in. And if they react yet again by changing up their formations against Leicester and Spurs, or sorry, Brighton, Leicester and Spurs, then perhaps we will see another new hero emerge. This is FPL Teacher who will review West Ham up next.